this week I'm at Spindle Tap Brewery. Spindle Tap is a unique brewery in Texas. It's a pretty new place that is suddenly on everybody's radar because of their amazing Houston hazy IPAs. I'm the cycling certified Cicerone, and this is Washington Beer Talk. One of the things I noticed about y'all, though, is that since I got here, so I, I grew up here. I grew up in Houston. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I grew up in Katy, I guess, to be more specific. So and like I just see that to Dad. I did read the write-up that you did for mm-hmm. your um, podcast with No Label. Yeah. So, yeah, really mm-hmm. cool. So, yeah, I'm originally from Katy. Um, we went to school at UT, got into beer shortly, like, you know, while at UT, but really got into it once I moved to Seattle. It's kind of like a prerequisite. If you move to Seattle, you have to get into beer, right? Yeah, you absolutely have to become a beer nerd. You know, I moved to Seattle, and then in the last five years, the Houston beer scene has just gone gangbusters. So when I left, there was No Label and St. Arnold's, and, a, and like, maybe Lone Pint was Southern around. Star. But yeah, 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 Southern Star. Um, not many breweries and I come back and all of a sudden there's too many to count and um, but of those ones I keep on hearing about you guys and I keep on seeing not like your social media posts but like other people posting about Spindle Tap and for some reason you guys seem to have a pretty impressive mind share and but I hadn't heard of you before I left for Seattle I don't think you I don't know that you existed I don't expect you did when did you leave for Seattle? Uh, 2013 yeah so we were two years away yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So I come back, and all of a sudden, you guys are hot shit. You got this huge place. Uh, you're, it looks like you're brewing lots of beer back there. You got you got a canning line, which is, like, that's just a, as a as indicator of success, size, scale. Um, that's a pretty good indicator. Anyway, so one of the things I want to know is, you know, maybe what the secret sauce is. I don't know what you guys did, to, you know, to do this. <laughs> and as a salesperson, maybe you know, it probably has something to do with uh, the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you spread the brand. But, you know, maybe there's a lot more to know. Sweet. Hey, how's it going? Hi, I'm Andrew. Garrison. Garrison, nice to meet you. Here, Can you want to take a seat? You have some time to spare and take a chat? Per capita, we're winning by a lot, but in terms of total number of breweries, we're more or less on the same scale, like 80 or so in Houston, 80 or so in we're, Seattle. We're between 50 and 60 right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at other cities like you know Denver, San Diego, mm-hmm. Portland, yeah. I don't, I, I've heard that Portland has like almost like... 120 breweries. It's got a lot. Like <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. When we first opened, we were like... We were the 14th brewery to open in Houston. Yeah. So in three years' time, because we just turned three a month ago, mm-hmm. you know, there's been like 50 breweries that have opened since then. Yeah, you guys and are the old no, farts. And I, I, I think there's still a lot of room for growth here mm-hmm. in Houston. Uh, there's parts of the area that, you know, are not... Don't have a brewery at all, like the east side of town. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... I think I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think what I've still noticed in Houston is the amount of distance I've got to cross to get from brewery <laughs> to brewery. And that's the thing; it's a huge sprawl. So that's that's where the opportunity lies. Is that if somebody from where I live, I live up here in Kingwood, you know, they don't want to drive down to Sugarland or Missouri City to go to Texas Leaguer. There's two breweries right there in the area that you can go visit. So. Um, I don't think all of them will be production breweries uh, per se. I think a lot of them will be brew pubs. That'll be like a neighborhood brewery. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's sort of the 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 you know the same prediction I'm kind of making. I'm, I'm 
seeing happening in Seattle is these days, like especially in Seattle, there's no more room for production breweries. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, but uh, I can go to Ballard, I can go to a neighborhood in Seattle and walk to 12 and, you know, within a square mile, which is pure insanity. Yeah. And those guys happen to be some of the older breweries and it's in the city. So a lot of them are actually production breweries despite being really close together. Um, but that's not going to happen anymore, I don't think. Anyway, but Houston is a different scene, so yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. But let's uh, before we get into it, let's do some introductions. So who am I chatting with today? So I'm Leo. I do sales here for the brewery, among other things. And that guy over there, who I'm pointing at, I don't know who it is. Who are you? My name is Garrison. I'm the, the head brewer here. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are both among other things. What are some of those other things you all got to do? Oh man, social media, dealing with TABC, uh, yeah, I mean just, yeah, and then sometimes, you know, helping out in the tap room and things of that nature, uh, you know, Garrison does some other things too, like make delicious food hmm. for folks here and among other things. I told you I'm a terrible interview, man. <laughs> okay, uh, don't worry, I'll get it out of you one way or another. Um, how did you get in, how did you guys both get involved with Spindle Tap? Well, me, I uh, I had been doing sales for, for a few years um, with varying degrees of success, but never was really happy um, doing what I was doing. And I loved beer, and I, one day I just realized, why don't I just try and get a job selling beer? It wasn't easy to try and get into the industry at first. Uh, I recall sending several uh, applications and whatnot to, to some of the more established breweries here in town. and not getting a reply so i was like oh, what do i have to do to to get my foot in the door so i um i took a job at, at specs you know started you know getting to know people that were in the industry and um about a year later i started applying and got a job at a brewery uh south of here in richmond uh called running walker um but during my time at specs i i got to know uh one of the owners here uh, Adam, and he would come visit me and tell me, hey, we're about to open, we'd love to have a beer here at the store, and blah, blah, blah. So um, because of that relationship, I was able to get the job here at Spindletap, and that was, like I said, like two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So, but I've been a beer drinker for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, as soon as you mentioned Running Walker, that's the one that's also a winery, right? There, yes. Okay. So what, but what you got, what, what got you started in and like you were on your beer journey, the very first step. Well, it's funny because like, so I was, I was, it was in my mid to late twenties that I was taking a, uh, a a food and beverage course at a community college here, and one of the one of the things that we had to do was go on a field trip to St. Arnold, mm. which at that time was over on the northwest side of town, and uh, so we went on this field trip, and I was like, man, I. You know, at that time, you know, Scheinerbach was like the most exotic thing I would ever try. Uh, and I had really no clue who St. Arnold was, even though they had been around for, I think, for about six years or so at the time. Yeah. And um, so we went. Brock Wagner, you know, the founder, you know, did the tour. They had the little taproom area set up. And, you know, he said, we have a, a new beer that we just started making called Fancy Lawnmower. Uh, if you like easy drinking, light body beers, this is going to be for you. So that was my first introduction to what I consider like true craft. And I fell in love. And and I remember thinking to myself, man, I got to get this beer every day. Like, And six packs at that time weren't available yet. It was, I think it was only a draft only beer. And a few months later, uh, it got released in six packs. 
so that was the the entry into craft um and since then i mean now i drink almost any any kind of beer yeah all right right except saisons Bad oh, yeah? saisons are terrible. You haven't made it into the haven't made it into the saison spheres. I like some saisons, and you know, going back to St. Arnold, their most recent saison, uh, Daydream, is actually really, really good. Uh, some other saisons I've had, if you miss the mark, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad product. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah. that's how that goes. No, no, no hate on there. Everyone, everyone has their own style. Um, I noticed on y'all's tap list, um, the, on, on the blackboard, there are. Out of eight slots, five IPAs, and of those five IPAs, three of those are double IPAs, which means there is an IPA for every tap handle on your wall. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's and that's really what we're known for is our is our hazy double IPAs. Yeah. So. Uh, this is the uh, the, the juicinator, juiciator, Justin, Justin. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, what'd you wind up getting here? This is uh, this is called El Hugo with uh, passion fruit. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, cheers. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so go ahead and tell me his story. So Garrison started out here. Um, so he had recently graduated from A and M, and I hope I'm got this accurate. It'll be because I know he graduated from A and M. If you get anything wrong, it'll be on tape forever. Right. So no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has a biochemistry degree from A and M, uh, and if you know um, the Aggies that I know are very active on their uh, our discussion forums. Mm. So one of the uh, one of the owners here also an Aggie, um, found Garrison through the discussion boards. There was a good discussion board about beer. Mm. And Garrison was active on there as, as a home brewer at the time. And, uh, you know, they got got together, got to know each other, and eventually Garrison was hired on as our, as our head brewer. Mm. So that's kind of how he started here. I don't know how long he'd been home brewing for, but um, he's come a long way, I'll tell you. Yeah, his stuff is really good. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have him. He's a pretty smart guy. What's his role um, here as the head brewer? Is he is he formulating all these recipes? He, or these? he does a lot of the recipe design, um, you know, and also works with our distributors. Uh, you know, obviously works with our uh, suppliers and stuff like that for ingredients. Uh, you know, goes to you know check hops out, you know, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So, okay. but the recipes are, are all his um, and. We're very fortunate to have them for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me get um. Let's let's make let's paint a picture of Spindle Tap here. So um, we maybe tell me about you know, maybe how much beer you guys make, uh, how many employees are here, um, then maybe tell us a little bit about the background. So um, so we opened in 2015. Uh, we just turned three, and um, initially, you know, the the guys wanted to you know when they built this 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 building here. Um, they had extra extra room, so let's just do something fun with it. So the 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 idea at first was let's build a brewery that we can bring our clients to. Mm. So kind of like, hey, come visit us over here at Lightning Logistics, and after our meeting, hey, let's go have a beer at the brewery. So Howdy. initially, that was like the idea, just kind of like a fun little project. But uh, it turned into a here, lot. Take more. a seat over here. We'll have we'll set you in front of the mic, oh, okay. and you can chat. We just got another little. We just got another pop in. So hi, I'm Andrew. Nice to meet you, Andrew. Oh, nice to meet you, Andrew. Great nice name. Nice to meet you too. Really solid name. <laughs> in Spanish, you would call him Tocayo. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you have the same, if you know somebody that has the same name as you do, you call him Tocayo. 
Tokayo. Never yeah. Never Didn't know that either. That's great. <laughs> That's a good one. I know a shitload of Andrews too, so that'll be good. Um, yeah, usually, get my last name once there's a few more Andrews. I'm like, ah, just Tonder. Yeah, well, you're, ton- you're Tonder. Yeah, all right, I'm Bieber. Um, oh, Any yeah. relation? No, not at all. Actually, yeah, I'm uh, Canadian. Yeah, um, my my. I've got a handful of good jokes for that one, but my favorite one is, uh, oh, any, any relation to who? <laughs> that one, that'll trick some people. I get that too. So my last name's Longoria. It's like, oh, do you know Eva? <laughs> yeah, God, know man. Eva. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were just getting the background of the brewery, but okay. let's pause that for now. And how about you tell us who you are, what you do, maybe about your, your beer stories, your beer right. baby steps. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, my name's Andrew Tonder. Uh, I've been with Smell Tap. Uh, just over a year and a half now. So, uh, homebrewed a little bit before that. Just interested in beer ever since I've been able to drink beer. Just because <laughs> I, I, I guess I, let's, I turned twenty one and like just as like craft beer was kind of making a boom. Mm-hmm. Like West Coast IPAs were the rage when I could start drinking beer. And I was like, I don't want anything that better ever in my life. Like. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Things change. I felt the same way too. I was like, ooh, Hefeweizen? Ooh, delicious. <laughs> exactly. And now I'm like, oh, gross. And now I want all the hops, as many hops as possible, as bitter or as hoppy. Like, from a long time, I was drinking a lot of stone for a while there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got an IPA, stuff like that. That was college. Homebrewed after I got out of college. Uh, I have a degree in mechanical engineering from Ford. A&M. From A&M. A&M. Yep. Took a and and uh, so kind of... I think I saw they were looking for volunteers on Facebook. Hmm. Like my friend was like, "Hey, this brewery's like on the way to my house from downtown. I'm like, oh, come check it out." Uh, at the time I was laid off from a job, just oil and gas down, and it's like, well, I kind of want to get into commercial brewing at some point. I just thought it was gonna be much, much later in life after I could bankroll my own kind of brew pub kind of thing. I was like, yeah, yeah might as well start now and see if I actually like it before yeah. doing that kind of thing. Uh, and I did. And the rest is kind of history. Volunteer for about a month. Kind of time running out on if I could stay in Houston. I was like, well, I can, if you like me, I can stay if you start paying me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they do. And cool. here I am kind of a uh, right-hand man to Garrison a little bit. Cool. Like uh, assistant to the brewer, assistant yeah. brewer. Uh, yeah, assistant okay. brewer is kind of my okay. title now, but uh, there's not very many of us, so it's kind of do everything. I sell them in packaging. I've run the goose. I've packaged, mm-hmm. cellar, dry hop. I think I stuff. saw you back there uh, fiddling with the canning machine. Oh, yeah. A little bit. All that stuff. Through that yeah. big window. So basically jack of all trades at this point. Uh, but I think the passion lies on the brewing side. Sweet. And process stuff like that. So I actually, I've told Garrison this too. Like I don't, recipe creation is not really what my interest is. Like I like good flavors and combinations, but I like I want to make what you want. Like I want. Mm. I like the production side. I like production. I like producing. There's something about manufacturing. Yeah, like yeah, something about that. Like creating it. Like actually creating it. Like creativity's part of it. I yeah. Think, but like actually like just getting in there and doing it. And yeah, so, totally. Not to out you in front of the group, but are you going? Are you thinking of taking what you've learned here and opening your own place? Not anytime soon. This this is too much fun to grow. We're, yeah. It's. I got. I can't imagine how lucky I'm to just kind of come on with these guys. Like. I think my first batch of beer I brewed ever was Houston Hayes batch one. Like not like myself, I was like just here for it. Like, mm-hmm. like I think I was volunteering the week they started brewing Hayes's. So just kind of like a part of it. Right so on. At this point, I just want to be a part of it and see where we can take it. And Sweet. Well, 
glad to have you on board. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, oh, so what was your first craft beer? I've never asked you My that. first craft beer? Yeah. Probably Shine. I mean, I guess Shiner's not really craft. Well, yeah. Yeah. They've I gotten mean, craftier. They, uh, they, like, they have. And, and they've done like, some pretty impressive beers. Here I recently. have bottle caps. Like, I, save all, I save a lot of bottle caps. I have a huge bottle cap collection. And I always had uh, probably like... Like Shiner 101 and 102, remember those? Like they were check, it was like a Czech Pilsner, like mm-hmm. Shiner 101. It was like their birthday beers they did every year. They used to do that. Oh, it was yeah. Like Shiner 101, Shiner 102. It was like, it must have been 2011, 2012, they did that. Yeah. I remember getting one of their like chocolate cake beers. And one of them was like, a, uh, and one of them was like, one of them was like yeah. I think 101 was a Czech Pilsner. I was like, this make this is like good stuff. Like, yeah. And obviously, like, I think a lot of people start with those Pilsners and those easy drinkers. And yeah. eventually, you're like, I don't know. I don't know if like, I got older, my taste buds changed, stuff like that, and I was like, I couldn't get enough bitter beer. Like, yeah, I'm just like one of the things I noticed is down here, beer tastes are different. Like, mm-hmm. and like perhaps inspired by Shiner. I'm trying to get a clear answer on this, and I think it can only be because of Shiner, because they because their main thing is Bach, right? That Shiner Bach, which I mean, if you're really paying attention, to what a Bach is, it's not really much of a Bach, um, right. but it is so much. But it's different than everything else, and so a lot of craft breweries around here, like smaller guys like you, are making Bach, and it's like not dark you guys, and caramely and yeah. tasty, not too hoppy, but kind of gets you. It's a good. Yeah. At the chicken kind of have a burger and a Shiner buck. Like, yeah. And then I don't know what uh, St. Arnold's thinks their lawnmower is. Uh, I don't know what they call that, but it's... Uh, it's a they, they, they call it Kolsch. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, even that one, I, I wouldn't I even... I don't know that it's necessarily a Kolsch. Yeah. Yeah. That really blows up because the summers was so hot. I think that's why those... And, I mean, I think Texas a lot of German influence, too. Totally. So, Yeah. Then there's the um, I was at Under the Radar the other day, and they do um, they've got their 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 flagship main beer is Hefeweizen, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, but that and and that's that's kind of crazy to me. So you guys are brewing all IPAs, which is very much a Seattle West Coast thing up there in Seattle. Sixty percent of your sales come from your flagship IPA, right. and everything else is from your next beer. I mean, it's the same for us. All our, our IPAs are all they're, they're the biggest sellers for us, including yeah. Hopgusher, which is our our West Coast IPA, our non-hazy. Mm-hmm. It's our top uh, year-round beer for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you were you were telling me about sort of the origins of Spindle Tap. Um, so yeah, uh, built this building, wanted to use the tap room brewery for like making business connections or whatever. But, you know, once the beer started going out, people really loved it and it kind of took off. Um, with the, you know, our first brands were Boomtown Blonde and our ESB uh, Honey Hole, which technically also is not an ESB, but we call it that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those were the first two brands that we launched with. And then we uh, added Hobgusher, which is the West Coast IPA. Uh, so we did pretty good with those for you know, a little over a year. And then, you know, the the discussion had been going on for a while about let's try something different. You know, we started noticing, you know, these beers coming from the East Coast that were getting a lot of popularity and uh, had, had drank some and, you know, Garrison, you know, made a recipe for Houston Hayes. And, uh, and, and Everything since then has been kind of a blur almost. Yeah. Like that first release that we did of Houston Hayes was crazy. And it's funny because I wasn't at the brewery the day it was released. I was on vacation and I was in like in this remote area of like West Texas uh, with like no cell phone signal. But me and my brother were hiking on a trail 
And somehow, I guess I got cell phone signal and my phone just like exploded with all these like text messages and notifications and Twitter retweets and all this stuff, like people just going yeah, crazy. Just, just coming up that day and like, like coming at like 8 a.m. They're like, there's people waiting outside for beer. <laughs> what is going on? And it was, I mean, <laughs> I mean it was kind of unexpected. Yeah, I mean. It was hope, unexpected. But- and so we were like, whoa, like what's going on here? Like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ever since then, like we do a release, we try to do a release every three weeks of a new beer or one of our, um, you know, a hazy IP that we want to do again. And, and it's, it's almost like that every time, like people just get here early and line up or actually what we've been doing more recently is doing pre-sales of the beer. Like a few days before the beer is available, people can go buy it online and then just come pick it up Mm. at their leisure, which is great in the summertime because standing outside in the summer sucks yeah so being able to just come when we're open and it's air conditioned and you don't have to sweat it out um yeah but people still come and line up anyway so that's so crazy yeah, yeah. um so you don't even know you couldn't even guess what happened you know what went right to make that work i mean i think the style uh had something to do with that and also you know and not to like not to sound conceited or anything like that, but I mean, they're pretty good. And the way that we yeah. make that specific style is just pretty freaking good. And, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a brewery, you're allowed to brag about how good your beer is. Don't <laughs> worry. I don't think anyone, will, no one on this podcast is judging yeah. you. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're, and I, and I think the market kind of bears that out. You know, people really love them and they keep drinking them. And so we're going to keep making them until people don't like them anymore yeah which i don't think is anytime soon yeah right on so they so you guys have people lining up out front in the sun like in the summer when they really don't even have to and uh, yeah so do you um what what are some of the strategies you have around your bottle releases or your 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 beer releases and you said that you do um, one every three weeks like what what are some of the thoughts every three weeks yeah um and what do you mean by strategy? Like I mean, like, you know, you, you settled on three weeks. You decided, you know, one every three weeks, you're going to make a brand new beer. What are some of the thoughts that went into that? I think it's just, you know, knowing what we can do here in the in the, in the the brewery yeah, itself. And maybe like, Andrew can speak like to that. Like tank turnover, stuff like that. Yeah. Just the amount of resources that go into these beers is a lot. It's time consuming. Uh, yeah. Tank space. And then obviously we have other demands just being... Uh, uh, distro the whole Houston area with our core brands, so we can't just pump out hazies. We, you know, we have other uh, priorities and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. We have to balance with that. So tank space and stuff like that dictates that. I think uh, you know, turning these beers around in three weeks is a gives them time to condition the tank. You know, enough where they're. I think people say they're still green, but I think we want to get people the freshest beer possible. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I've had a couple that I think were green, but most of the beers, I think, like, yeah. I kind of like that hot burn myself. So you've you've had people accuse your beers of being green, of uh, just, of just yes. not being yeah. not being aged yeah. enough. Uh, people sit on two weeks, and then they're like, this is spectacular. Like, and that's just, they're, and that's, they're every right to do that, but Everybody's we want to get that beer out though. to you. Like, yeah. we don't want to get that beer out to you two weeks from, yeah. like, we want you fresh as possible. Like, can Friday, it's out, distro Saturday. It's, I think that's a part of the style. It's just fresh. Yeah, is uh, something that's pretty key in the style, and you know if you if you don't like that, it's not your taste. Uh, well, you can sit on it for a week, and it might be more to your taste and mellow out. I just uh, I don't know. I've never really gotten. That. I kind of like that bite. And yeah, hop, hops in general is that's 
my personal taste though. So. Okay. So, I mean, would it be fair to say if I were to boil your brewery down to just a quick, a one sentence description, would be that you're a, a hazy IPA brewery. That's kind of what you're, that's, that's, I mean, your that's what we're known for, for sure. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we don't want to make other styles. Yeah. I mean, and you know, Andrew spoke to the, the year round beers that we do that we distribute to our distributors, you know, with a blonde, with the ESP and then the, the West coast IPA. We don't want to, we don't want to get away from those because those are very popular beers for us as well. And we have, you know, a base of consumers that will continue to consume them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also do other fun stuff here uh, outside of the hazy IPAs. Uh, you know, we have a barrel aging program that's that's just really now gaining steam. Um, if you get a chance to try it before you leave today, we have a really nice barrel aged barley wine. Um, oh yeah, Man, with yeah, that yeah, should be there. It should. We should have some. Yeah, I we hope plenty, we, we have plenty of that one. We have a Russian Imperial style. Um, yeah, I mean just. A variety of different beers, but yes, we are known for the the hazy IPAs. Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. I think it's just style. Like, IP is refreshing in Texas. It's just what it is. I think. Yeah. Uh, but we have had plenty of customers come in, and like, I actually had customers come, had taste English barley wine, and like asked to like talk to a brewer about it, like cause, yeah, like, they enjoyed it so much. Like they're like we understand the style is not popular with a lot of people. Like uh, I think I think we have like the good crossover brewery kind of mindset too. Like we something for everybody. I think most breweries do these days, mm-hmm. but I think. Yeah, like you can bring almost anybody here, and they can find something they'll like. Absolutely, yeah. I would say of every brewery I've ever talked to, you know, there's no not many breweries set out with a goal in mind like that. You know, their goal would be I want everyone to enjoy our beer, and we want to make a variety of things that way everyone can kind of have something they and want. And I think that is our goal. Yeah, you know, but what you know, stumbling on, we actually kind of stumbled into like the the brewery that does the hazy IPAs really yeah. well. It wasn't like, this is going to be who we are. It's just like, okay, this is what the market has, has is telling us. And this is what they love. So, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's we, like it them. we like drinking them too ourselves. So yeah. That's, that's oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm right there with you on that one. Um, I mean, I think, I think our goal, is, I mean, I think we've discussed this too, is like, we want to make some of the best IPAs in Texas, if not the region, not, the nation like that, yeah. that'd be a, I think that's a pretty solid goal for us IPAs is there and it's always fun to supplement that with other things like barrel aging programs and stuff like that like I think Firestone Walker is a great barrel aging program they do a lot of cool blends and cuvées and I think that's something that uh, Garrison Ember is really interested in doing stuff like that like oh, what can if I blend some of this barrel this barrel you know stuff like that I know a lot of people are doing like the what are they called? the uh, pastry stouts pastry stouts and yeah. stuff like that yeah and, they're good. I like them. They're yeah, man, they're a little bit much for me. I mean, they are good, but I can maybe have like a half of them. They're usually good. Be like, I don't think we want to get like that. Yeah, I think we want like classic with twists. Kind of is yeah. kind of like maybe yeah. our kind of yeah. goal for those. Like, I'm trying to remember the last time I heard anybody mention the very, the very first time I heard anyone mention the phrase pastry stout was. I guess a month ago. Like it wasn't long ago, and it might have been. I can't remember if it was when I got. Back to Texas, and like if if it's y'all down here who have a name for them, or if it was someone I was just talking to. Yeah, I don't know if it's outside of Texas or not. Yeah, right. Uh, fuck. Um, well, it's on the tape. I'll go. I'll go listen to No Label or something and see if I can find who first mentioned pastry stout. But it's a. Uh, um, but it's kind of funny watching those trends. Like hazy IPAs. There's also they're a relatively trendy beer. Um, although at this point, I'd say that they were they they took over the world. Like. Uh, Two years ago, right? And right. Then, oh, I can't go to a local beer bar without yeah. seeing. I can't even find a freaking bitter IPA anymore. Yeah, 
because it's so like uh, hazy mouthfeel and they're not bitter but they're really juicy I, mean, I like them but yeah. sometimes I just want like a bitter beer with my salty food yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely um, let's see okay so one of the things I wanted to know about was you mentioned how this building was sort of the first thing here and mm-hmm. that the um, the uh, the people who built this building, what, uh, the electric logistics or whatever you, what you call them? So, yeah, we have a company called Lightning Logistics. Lightning logistics. So, they're, that's the main company here. Uh, we have a big warehouse space in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also have two other companies, uh, Flash Funding, uh, Rapid Crate Solutions, or the other two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, and they're all, all owned by the same group of guys okay. that yes. own the brewery. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they because yeah, what you're saying is basically they wished they had a brewery, and they went and they had then they had the space already, so they said let's put a brewery. And I think the thing I miss is so the other businesses they cater to mostly oil and gas, Mm -hmm. and so hence the name Spindle Tap with all the Uh, oil derricks and everything. So it just kind of okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, So would be would it be safe to say that you guys were never lacking for funding in terms of getting this place going? I don't think so, but I mean. There's, I think there's like a, an idea out there that we're just kind of like swimming in cash here. Like, you know, we're a small business, like, yeah. you know, and we're not, you know, yeah. Like we can't just get anything we want on a whim. So to well, speak. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, yeah, to, yeah, to, I mean, to, yeah, to be that, clear. I would say there has been help and stuff like that because I mean, right. the owners do see that occasionally and will yeah. step in with almost out of their own pockets. Not just yeah. other companies funding it. It's out of their own pockets usually if they see something, but I think this, the, the brewery itself is self-sufficient. It, yeah. We, we make a profit. It's not like yeah. we're just being kept afloat. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. To be totally clear, like, yeah, like all business, like all these, especially brewery businesses are, you know, they, they all have to be working. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are working to make it work. People, people the owners, Brody and Dave, they're not dumb people. They wouldn't yeah. keep a business going if it's not yeah. working. Um, <laughs> and then, um, but like, yeah, like a lot of breweries come off, they come out shooting with like investors and all that stuff. And like this, we're, we're past the days of like, of, of big capital investors coming in. Yeah, and these like, guys, I mean, these guys, they're entrepreneurs yeah. at heart. And I mean, they've, they've worked really, really hard to build every single business that they have. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just, and that, and that's the mentality that all of us have here is that mm. we we're here to, to work hard and to grow the to grow the business. And so that's why it's fun to be a part of it. It's fun to grow something. Yeah, from. yeah. What are their um, what's their involvement in the brewery now that they're like because they're the founders, but are they um, are they in there brewing beers all the time or nope nope they just kind of went out and they found you guys they went and got yeah. Garrison and they uh, yeah. they sort of said like let's get a, let's get some managers in here get some tap room people yeah, in but here. they're involved in a lot of like the big picture stuff mm-hmm. you know the big like strategies and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, but the day to day stuff you know there's I think we have well, like seven employees uh, that are here full time uh, and then we also have our tap room employees that are you know part timers um, but yeah just seven of us there's four people that work in the brewery. Two salespeople, including myself, and then one events coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, we, we have the space, we use it. Like we've had yeah. weddings here, we've had we do giant parties. We've had we've had a thousand people in here before. You know, between tap room, brewery, and a warehouse, like table set up. We do like I think we did in the summer we do beer Olympics, and I think that's probably a thousand people oh easy. Oh my god! Don't it's tell a, me about beer Olympics. Tell me about beer Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun event. We've, we've done it for two years. Yeah. And I, I was here the first year that we did it. And I remember at the end of the day, I was like, I never want to do this again. <laughs> well, and, he, and I don't want to. Uphill drinking beer. It was fun. I'll say this. It, it was, was fun. Uh, people people had a get really, really good time. start drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. Was, people had a great time. 
but towards the end, it was it was so hard to explain to people like the rules of whatever event <laughs> you were trying to do. And I was like, man, I am so ready for this to be over. So this last year, I told Elizabeth, our coordinator, our event coordinator, I said, please don't don't sign me up for beer Olympics. This year. <laughs> I think they're a little smooth this year. I think they uh, they learned a little from their mistakes, and you know, this thing is the first year always rough. And yeah, it's yeah, better yeah. and better. And yeah, beer Olympics is a, a common birthday party activity for me and my friends. It's not drinking games. It's just like games with drinking. Right? Yeah, it's like not like yeah, not playing beer pong. You're playing beer pong with water, and you know, you have your beer. Yeah, and drinking. And stuff oh like yeah, that. but we'll definitely get to the point where by the sixth or seventh round of whatever game, you know, the, the final game of the night, where everyone's just like, it's so funny because like you know like I'm so my event was cornhole. And you wouldn't think you'd have to explain how cornhole works to people that drink beer all the time because that's kind of like what you do when you go to a brewery. You drink beer and you play cornhole. Yeah. This, these are programmed into you. You should yeah. know how to do this already. <laughs> that's the fun part about working here. We've got a lot of events that come through. Like I think two weeks from now is Hops and Hot Sauce. Like, yeah, that's a great event. I'm really looking forward to that one. This is our third year doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah, so we have a, like a bunch of hot sauce vendors that come in and – you know, I think they said like a, so they have like a hundred vendors coming out this year. Hundred like vendors, yeah. awesome! Wow. Okay, yeah. dang. And then you guys just fill up the space. Yeah, yeah. So the tap room, and we'll take a look after after we're done. We'll show you like the warehouse space is mostly where we uh, we do that event. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've done like barbecue cookoffs as well. Mm-hmm. We've done. Yeah. Uh, what's the uh, we do this we, we one do, like, event family events there. like gingerbread decorating. They have a whole, yeah during they, Christmas they time. Have, like, they had like what, 100 families out here like gingerbread yeah. houses stuff like that. We have another one in the summer called Cubano and Craft, uh, that's, that's where we have people work. come in and hand roll cigars and. Wow, that's kind of like that's like what we I mean we use that space and we've had I mean private events like every week I think every Thursday Friday Saturday of December we had a like private event like rent, you know renting out the tap or renting out the brewery or, like just local business like local companies just having their Christmas parties here wow gosh so. okay that's pretty rad and that is that then that comes from you know having a full-time events coordinator who can handle all this kind of stuff right yeah. okay but that that's pretty crazy that you can but yeah, these events are on a pretty massive scale. And I think, okay, so you guys are getting, you have access to that kind of stuff because you have this huge space. And you maybe have access to this huge space because you're kind of so far from, you're not really far from Houston. You're still, like, you're it's still. 15 minutes from downtown. Yeah. Which that's, doesn't sound far, but can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I drove here from Katy. Yeah. To get from Katy, it's 30, yeah. 30 it's minutes like into 30, downtown. Minutes, yeah. yeah. So it was, it's, a, it's a bit of a trek for me to get out here. Um, but um, but yeah. So like compared to some other breweries around the area, um, you know, what are some of the advantages of being located where you are? Sort of on, I guess. I guess I would call this like northeast Houston uh, to anyone who doesn't really yeah. know. Yeah, uh, there's another brewery across the way here. Really great if you get a chance to go visit them. Uh, City Acre. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have really good food there, and great beers too, and great people as well. Um, but yeah, um, as far as like the advantage, I mean, it's. I can. I think we're like again. We're just fortunate that we have this location. Yes, um, you know, there's other breweries that are opening up on on or already open uh, on the northeast uh, quadrant of Houston, including Back Pew, which actually also has a really great space as well. If you haven't had a chance to yeah, visit with them, they do. They have a huge outdoor area. They just opened up a an indoor tap room a few months back. Uh, then we also have Ingenious. Uh, and I wanted to mention them earlier because they they do a lot of pastry stouts there. 
uh, mm. like some really crazy and interesting stuff. Uh, definitely check them out. Um, Megaton Brewing is one that's about to open here pretty soon in Kingwood. Uh, they have a pretty fantastic lineup of beers, actually. Yeah. yeah. Advantage out here is space and parking. If you, I mean, St. Arnold's probably a, a outlier about parking because they, they got time parking now, but oh, a lot of breweries, you go a few of them, it's like, where do I park? To? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the hardest thing. Like, but I think our location is like one of our biggest challenges, too. It's, it's hard to get people to come out in 15 minutes, mm-hmm. I, I think. I don't know why. Like, we had the beer. We had everything. It's just, you think, and people live, like, uh, in Humble and like, you know, work, work downtown. I, just, I, I think uh, it's hard to see us, and this area is not the nicest of areas either. Uh, it's pretty pretty rough sometimes. There's a couple nicknames for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> What was your I point? mean, what, 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 I think we have this corridor of cruelty because there's a lot of stray dogs and animals and oh, stuff like yeah. that. Just like kind of, it's a little depressing area sometimes. But I, I've never felt unsafe. On no, I and mean, like we've like never that. had it. We've never had, had, had the brewery with like, you know, crime or anything like yeah. that. So I mean, it's, it's I, I, I don't know. I think it's a little overrated the pe- people's thoughts of where we are. But I mean, we are honestly, off the beaten path know. a little bit. I think just mm. it's not like yeah, it is kind of off the beaten path. But uh, we're you can't actually see us on the road or another thing on location is like I every Thursday I think I probably at lunchtime there's probably ten people that come through go on their way to the airport like you know they were here for business downtown and like drug final George Bush stop here for a drink and some food before they go get on their plane. That's another advantage for us is that we're close to the airport, so people that come in. Look up local brewery, and we're one of the really close ones. Mm, yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, we're one of the highest rated, too, I think, actually. We are pretty highly rated. Yeah. So that's why it tends <laughs> yeah. to pop up. <laughs> Humble brag again. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> um, what are what are you guys seeing in Spindle Tap's future? Anything, uh, you guys have a ton of space. A lot of breweries I talk to, they are worried about their capacity. They're worried about fitting more fermenters in. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, we have a lot of room in our in our, in our our brewery to add more fermenters and tanks and stuff like that. Um, but I think the, ne- the next goal for us is to upgrade our brew house. Uh, right now, we're at a 20-barrel brew house. And, I mean, we're almost pretty close to brewing at capacity. Well, we're brewing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. brewing... Let's see, this week we're brewing one, two, three, seven times this week. So that's double batches every day. That fill, that's, if we brew seven times, that's three beers. Because we have 60 barrel fermenters. Mm-hmm. So we're brewing three times to fill those. Day shift, night shift kind of thing, or evening shift kind yeah. of thing. Because Jeremy's in there brewing right now. Uh, I finished up around four. You just start around four. So. Okay. So you do, so if you do, you know, 60 barrels a day. Uh, no, it's 40 barrels a day. 40 barrels a day. Yeah. And then, um, is what we can do. And you're brewing that nonstop. You're like a full scale. You're going, you're full tilt. Yeah. So we're doing, we're probably doing, I would say four to eight brews a week. Okay. Try, I'm trying not to brew on weekends, stuff like that, but yeah, schedule sometimes. So how many barrels a year is that? Uh, last year, I think we finished right at 4,000. Okay. Or maybe just under uh, 4,000. Just above. Above? Just above. Okay. The goal was five, and we were just above four, I think. Right. The last numbers I looked at, they were. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean with, the, with the capacity we have, it's, it's getting pretty 
pretty tight. So and I yeah. think we have scheduled this year, if everything goes as planned, close. It's going to be over five close this year. Yeah, I think we had. I think we're getting close to six. Is what our stated goal was. Yeah. Our planned goal is like around close, getting close to six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that'd be that'd be a lot. That'd be that that's pumping out beers. That's pumping out beer <laughs> on our yeah. system at least. It feels yeah. like it is. But the good thing is that there's a demand for the beer. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not like we're brewing beer and it's just sitting back there in yeah. our cooler. It's I mean it's brewing. Being packaged, it's going out. It's going out quickly. So, uh, and then we're also expanding our territory. You know, we just started in Austin a few months ago. Um, That's going really, really well for us. So that's, you know, those are just signs of growth for us. You know, we're looking at other areas of Texas. Um, I can't say who or where, but it's it's coming. It's coming. Are there major cities in Texas? Where are they? But we're also in College Station and Beaumont and uh, Galveston, obviously. Yeah, to Midland too. We used to send beer out to a few accounts in Midland because of the whole lightning truck down there going yeah. there. No, oh, yeah. That's funny. Well, wait, wait. So do you guys, you, you don't self-distribute or I mean, maybe you, do, we don't, you are part of a logistics company, so maybe you can. Okay. We self-distributed out there just to cater to some of the oil and gas people out there, but uh, we, we, we're not doing that anymore. Okay. Now we're, we're really focused on growing a little bit more, um, like closer to home. And, and, and using good distributor partners okay. to help us grow in those markets that we're looking at. Maybe what's sort of the day-to-day for you look like are pretty crucial in sort of creating some of those distributor uh, relationships and stuff like that. What, right. what, what is, maybe what's sort of the day-to-day for you look like? Oh man, so I usually come to the brewery uh, first thing every morning. Um, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't think I really have to, but I kind of like the sense of like, I'm going to work, mm-hmm. go do my emails, send out emails, blah, 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 set my day up, and then take off. And I visit accounts um, most of the time, uh, 10 to 20 accounts a day, you know, taking orders. Sometimes it's just a visit to say, hey, you know, what's up, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the, the main part of my job. Um, and then as far as distributors go, like whenever uh, we do promotions with, like, uh, bars or – uh, grocery stores and things of that nature, you know, we're always in communication with our distributor partners. So that way they're aware of, of things that we're doing and making sure that the beer is going to be there when we do promotions and things of that nature. So, yeah, but we have some really great distributor partners. Uh, our main one here in Houston is Silver Eagle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the largest uh, distributor in America. Um, we are one of many craft brands, but they they do a really good job of getting our beer, you know, out to the the accounts that that, uh, that are important in Houston for sure. Yeah. So Silver Eagle, that's the Budweiser owned one, right? Uh, wh- how exactly does that relationship work? Like, because they're they're not know... necessarily owned by Budweiser per right. se. They're an AB distributor, mm-hmm. um, so they're a distributor that works with Anheuser Busch. Um, I think there's laws that. They can't bar. really own them, yeah, because yeah. that's the that's some three tier system shit right there. That, right, right. Yeah. The, the three tier system definitely They're highly associated with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't want to say anything negative because 
I mean, I have some, there's some really good, good folks over there and they do. And again, they do a really good job for us. I take it. I won't uh, be able to get you ranting on like Carbock and AB and Bev uh, acquisition well, or anything like I mean, that. I'll then. say this, I'll say this about Carbock, you know, like when we found out, I, I was really disappointed. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, when people start up, start a business with the, with a goal in mind, you know, and if that was their goal, and, and obviously it was, was was to, was to eventually sell, you know, you, you really can't fault them for that. They did a really good job doing it. I mean, they did a great job. I mean, they were open for five years and, you know, really grew quickly, made, made really great beers continue. They continue to make some really good beers. Uh, I've been there before, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I, I was there back when they were that tiny little place, you know, on Carbock. And then I've and I've been there since when they added the big whole new brew pub. Yeah. And I, I I actually did like how they kept the old place there. They expanded and grew it a little bit, but then they also had the big new place. And so you can go get the brew pub experience if you want to, or walk right through and get a glass with tokens and kind of do the old tour experience, which is like, yeah, to me awfully impressive. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, not to interrupt. But no, um, on a personal level, I, you know, because because of where I work and, and because of my beliefs, I, since that day, I have not purchased a Carbog beer. Um, I don't fault anybody for doing so. That's just my my opinion. I've tried their beers. I know some of the reps that work there. You know, we talk and we share our beers and whatnot. But um, I, I can't I can't give money to to the to the big boys. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, and there's so many options too. I mean, we make great beer here, you know. Obviously, with St. Arnold, uh, you know, and some of the other breweries that I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a lot of breweries that are making some fantastic beers. So it's not like I'm missing out on anything. I don't feel. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm right there with you, man. I get you. Yeah. Uh, I I like asking everyone's opinion of that because you all, you get answers that are you know similar to yours, and I'm I'm of the same camp. If I can avoid it, I I don't. Um, I wind up going to breweries that I don't necessarily agree with anyway, because I. Like I, if, especially when I'm visiting town, like you know, exploring Carbach is kind of the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to go to. I would love to go on a tour of the Anheuser Busch facility here. Yeah, and that's like, just funny you say that because we actually just a, a few days ago we had a conversation about that uh, with our distributor partner uh, about getting a, a tour of that of the big Anheuser Busch brewery here in town. You know, say what you will about them, but that's gonna know, be cool. It, it's a, it's a pretty impressive feat to be able to make the same beer across the world at different breweries and have it taste the same. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy. Uh, and just to kind of see the, the, the manufacturing Marvel that it is, you know, it's a, uh, uh, would, would be really impressive. And I think we're going to do that. I'm, we're trying to arrange a day for, for us to do a tour of the brewery. I remember doing that tour as a kid. I don't remember how old I was, but the one thing I remember is that they had vending machines with beer cans in them. And I thought, well, at the time, I thought that was really cool, even though I didn't drink beer at the time. But I always remember that they had vending machines with beer. Like, and I couldn't have one. I just remember that they filmed yeah. the uh, Star Trek movies in a Anheuser-Busch brewery. Did they really? Yeah. No way. Like, all the scenes like, of like engineering are like in a brewery. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. Well, not weird, but kind of cool, actually. Yeah, but I think it's all the new, the new Enterprise that they, that they make in... 
whatever the Star Trek those new those movies the Chris Pine movies oh really yeah yeah, yeah. Are, yeah the new movies not the yeah, the remakes or whatever so like so that funny. one scene where that like little super shiny with, with uh, what's his name Simon Pegg running through that's like, yeah that's yeah, like yeah the cat walks in a brewery hilarious <laughs> so like after after they shoot the movie for you know after the day they can go have beer I guess so yeah I'm sure they didn't do the explosions in the brewery they probably built a set for that one probably but... <laughs> <laughs> the parts where it's together that's probably I think that's in a I think. In the scenes, it's like in Anheuser Busch. That's so cool. That's so funny, yeah. Because you know, like it's gotta look so space aged already with all its, its all blinking lights yeah. and bright stainless mm-hmm. steel, and you throw a little bit of uh, some lens some filter on that, some lens flare on that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, you're not, now you got a movie set. <laughs> you know, like, you know, catwalks, you can film like people running like over your camera and stuff like that. <laughs> Dude, thanks for that tidbit. I like knowing like little trivial things like that. That's yeah. so cool. That's why you watch the special features of movies, man. Yeah, you gotta watch them. Oh my god, it's too funny. <laughs> Um, let's see. We have been going for almost an hour here. Um, do you guys have any questions you want to maybe ask me or anything you wish I'd asked you? Why did you move to Seattle? What, why betray your home state? I know, right? God, it's really hard to, uh, it, it's, it's hard to imagine betraying Texas. And I still am a Texas boy up in Seattle. I'm the only one who can make guacamole uh, worth a damn. I'm the only one who makes margaritas worth a damn. I'm the only one who can make fajitas worth a damn. Good. And I am, um, I'm trying to figure out kolaches, like sausage kolaches, the oh, way yeah? they make them here, because they you can't get them anywhere else. Even if you find a place that makes kolaches, they make like like Danishes. proper Dan- yeah, like they make Danishes, which uh, I suppose the Czech would call like proper kolaches, yeah. but Texans are like, where's my where's my jalapeno sausage cheese kolache? Right. Um, so I'm the only one who can make those in, in Seattle too. But I moved up there initially for Microsoft. I got a and I went to UT. I oh, studied cool. co- uh, electrical and computer engineering, and then got my got my job up at Microsoft. Did some software dev up there, and then eventually just got so hooked on beer that I decided to shift gears. So I left Microsoft, but the beer up there in Seattle is just so crazy that I couldn't leave. So, so I, you work in beer now? I work in beer doing, you know, basically beer, any, anything beer related that I can do. So I, mm-hmm. um, on a board of directors at a, a co-op brewery. Um, so that's one of those that's like owned by the, owned by the, the yeah. people, you know, member owned and I'm on. This is a really good one in Austin called fourth tap co-op or something like that. Um, oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. They have some Austin, really good beers. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet they are. <laughs> Austin, yeah, no, total, total hippie town. Uh, much like Seattle, more like Portland. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. I like that. What's your, uh, your go-to brewery in Seattle? If like somebody's coming to visit, and they can only go to one brewery. Where do they go? Oh, I'm gonna laugh if he says Elysian. Not Elysian. <laughs> Fuck Elysian. God damn. There you go. Elysian is yeah is um is yeah Seattle's car box. Yeah. So, yeah. so no. Um, now my very favorite one is a is a small pretty pretty small place doesn't distribute in a lot of places it's called Lucky Envelope, um, and they're really funny they're um, they're just probably the same age as the all five maybe five yeah what are they 2013 20 no 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 2015 mm-hmm. and they uh, um, they brew a lot of lagers it's so like they're so Lucky Envelope is like a Chinese you know good luck red envelope um, you know you put like New Year's or you know birthday you put money right. in it and give it so they're um, but they brew the best German lagers. Like they brew like a really cool Hell's Lager, a, like a like a fucking fantastic Schwartz beer they've never brewed again. And oh, I like I got one time and they just really they nailed it. And I've been begging the the owners to do like, it. Place brew something once. You're like, wait, no, I really like that. Yeah. So they just they they they're they're really great. They just brew the very best beer uh, I think in town. But that's you know of course subjective and that kind of thing. But that's the place I would say to go. go lucky, to lucky envelope. envelope. Lucky envelope. Cool. Yeah. I was planning a Seattle trip, so I was trying to figure that out. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want the full list, I mean, yeah. if you're going to be there for a couple of days, that's time. to go Seattle, Portland sometime this spring. Yeah. Summer. Everyone's losing their goddamn minds about, in Portland, a brewery called Great Notion. Yeah, I think they might be a hazy IPA brewery. They had a can or two come down this way. Probably. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone's yeah. losing their minds about those, about that brewery up there. Uh, but in Portland, God, what do I really like? Uh, honestly, like the, the thing to do in Portland is they do they do they brew pubs really really well. So anywhere you go has like this amazing food, and 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 you can't really go wrong with any of the breweries there. So I I, I couldn't even tell you which one I I would like. To, I would tell you to visit. I've always been a big fan of Deschutes, man. And they're not in Portland, but yeah. Uh, but that's that's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. All time. If you want to go, let's see. Portland's got um, Hair of the Dog. It's a pretty pretty cool mm-hmm. one. They do a lot of like really weird big beers. Yeah. Uh, some like uh, I would almost call them like old world beers, like sort of a little bit. Uh, they they kind of like their you know their English yada yadas, but for some reason it has seventeen percent or like you know this kind of Bach, ice Bach or whatever. They do all kinds of weird. They do like some stuff that's you don't really can like know the style of or what to call it. I don't think we can do ice box in Texas. It's because it's, it's a form of distilling. So you need a distiller's license to do that? Is it really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm, that makes sense. Did I know? The, uh, yeah, so I, Icebox for podcast listeners, they're just, you take, you brew a beer, you brew a strong beer, then you freeze it, you take the ice out, which is all going to be water ice, and what you're left with is a stronger beer. And then you can repeat that process a couple of times and crank the ABV way up, and it is effective distilling. It gets you up to like, yeah. it gets you 25 or 30%, right? Yeah, nationwide yeah. one is a Ventus, probably pretty common. That's yeah. the most common I've seen mm-hmm. around. It's okay. a purple bottle from Germany. Yeah. I definitely, I've heard of them, yeah. If I haven't had one, I've definitely heard of them. And I wanted to go back for a second. You mentioned Schwarz beer from mm. Lucky Envelope. They're, so here locally, uh, Back Pew, makes a fantastic Schwarz beer called Black Habit. Mm. Uh, and I think you can still get six packs in stores right now. Okay. If you get that one, that's a really good beer. All right. That might be the thing to grab before I head out. Yeah. What was the brewery called? Uh, Back Pew. Back kind of like the old world Germans. He's Bobby's Yeah, he, does, he likes to do a lot of lagers and old world German uh, beers, like like the Schwarz beer. Blue Testament. Uh, Blue Testament is a great Pilsner that they mm-hmm. make over there as well. Uh, uh, their Bach... Uh, Sayer Swell is their Bach that they do. That's I mean, that's a real Bach. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He's very traditional kind of brewer. Yeah. He makes some good stuff. That's a great interview, by the way. If you ever come back and want to interview somebody, Bobby. (laughs) He'll talk your hero. Right He's a very, very talkative, (laughs) but also very smart guy. Very smart guy. Um, I love talking to him. Every time I go to the brewery, I prepare myself to just sit there and listen to him talk. I know that I have to have at least an hour at his brewery because... Oh, man, that's a... Wow, an, an interview that does itself. Uh, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. No, um, he's a great guy. Cool. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'll hit them up. I'll be back in... Yeah, I'll be, I come back to Texas at least every year, if not twice. So. Cool. Uh, so, cool. yeah, I'll definitely be back. Um, okay, so let's see. We've been going for about an hour now. Time for a lightning round. A couple easy questions. One weird one. What are your favorite beers? You know, maybe not your favorite favorite beer, but perhaps the beer that turned you to the drinker you are today. Oh man! 
the drinker I am today. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, to say your favorite beer, it's pretty hard. Uh, but to say the beer that I, like, for example, and I was flying to Seattle, I'd had beer a lot in Texas. But when I was on the plane to Seattle, I drank an Alaskan Amber. Not notably good beer, certainly not my favorite. But it was on that plane, and I was like, hmm, okay, maybe I get it. And maybe I'm going to do this. What was your, like, maybe I'm getting into Funny beer. enough, like, I think that's my dad's. Because, like, I was in the beer way before my dad. Like, you know, older, older generation, like, they drank yeah, Bud light and, yeah, and that's good too. But I think on our way to Colorado, stop it in Pueblo, Colorado, on the way to Breckenridge, and that was his. That was kind of funny. So I was like, "Oh, well, I'm like getting into beer. Like, try this amber. It's probably pretty good." Alaskan amber was that was that beer, and it was like that was good beer. But well, yeah. And I don't know if I'm answering the question that we talked about earlier, but my my first like what I call true craft was you know St. Arnold's Fancy Lawnmower. Yeah, that's right. I mean that's. For me, that kind of started me on on the on the track of like, you know, the beer journey or whatever. Um, and from then, from there, it was like Hefeweizens. I remember Pyramid Hefeweizen was like my favorite for such a long time, and now you can't even get it in Texas anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, and then from there, you know, I, I tried IPAs for a long time, didn't like them, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, holy shit, I like IPAs now. And I think the the IPA that started to turn me was uh, Ranger IPA from New Belgium. Uh, was the first IPA. So, you know what? I think I kind of like this. And now, like, it's almost all I drink. I'll say this, though. Now, I really love Goza's a lot. Uh, Martin House in Fort Worth, they make a Goza called Salty Lady that is fantastic. And they have a lot of variants of that one. But if you get your hands on that one, I highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's see. For me, I think it's a pretty slow transition. Like, I remember starting off a lot with Shiner, probably. Like, my goal was to drink as many different beers as I could and you know those bars that have the mug clubs and stuff like that you know drink a, a beer and you know or try different beers every time you come you drink 80 and you get a mug yeah. and stuff like that I think uh, Bannon's and College Station did that and that's just so it's like a slow transition but honestly I think it was Hopadillo was like the first beer I was like I want to drink a lot of this yeah like yeah, you know, up till five six years ago or whatever like back when Carmack was cool oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> back when it was back when it was like I can drink a lot of this beer and I don't know why, but it's good. And I can sit, I'll float the river like in New Braunfels and just have like, float a river have in a, like, like a 12 pack of Hopadillo. Like just, I can just down that. Like it just like, this is so drinkable. Like it's bitter. Like I don't know why I like it now, but this is, I think Hopadillo is probably like the one that's like, all right. Got really into it. I, I didn't grow up in Houston. I grew up in San Antonio. So okay. I didn't have really St. Arnold really to push that beer, craft beer love. And so I, yeah. I moved to Houston in 2012 and that's kind of when Carver was blowing up yeah yeah so that's kind of when i kind of gravitated more towards them at that point as a beer drinker i don't know i don't know why i just oh man strangely enough (laughs) now don't forget it all (laughs) i know we said rapid fire but we're like rambling hey that's okay you know that's all right way more hot gusher now than anything oh man floating that river in new brothels was like god that that is the shit because in texas it's 100 degrees above but then in the river the river is cold so it is just like the perfect thing ever and you get yourself a cooler you tie it to you tie it to your tube you put it in its own tube tie yourself off to it and i remember that cooler depending on which river you get in you either aren't allowed styrofoam or cans oh, or whatever yeah. any, any trash you, you went through you weren't and then yeah so they're doing crazy work. thing i saw that was like a bridal party and they had like one of those like insect spray pumps just full of vodka or orange juice and they're spraying <laughs> in people's mouths <laughs> on the river 
It was hilarious. That's great. Oh man, yeah, I've definitely a bunch of drunk bridesmaids. It's pretty entertaining. I've drank an ungodly amount of Shiner Ruby Redbird in that river, and uh, that's that probably that's, that's one of my favorites right there. That's probably one that got me into beer too. Yeah. Yeah. Between that and Hopadillo, I think like Shiner's. Shiner's oh most one. Ooh, buddy. All right. Um, what is the best beer y'all have here? Uh, my favorite is Heavy Hands. It's one of our hazy double IPAs. Um, wish we could give you some. It's in a fermenter right now. Uh, but that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, if we're going to pop back there, I might actually, if, if that's okay. I mean, <laughs> that's my favorite. And we use that beer as a base for a lot of our new uh, like fruited beers that we've been doing. Like this one that you're drinking mm-hmm. here. It's heavy fruit. hands base with the passion fruit added to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's my my favorite. Um, and just to kind of go back a little bit, but when I before I started working here, when I was still working at Running Walker, we had a Brewers Guild meeting here, and it was my first time to come to the building, and we had our Russian Imperial Style on tap, and I remember drinking it and telling my coworker at the time and I said, Hey, I think I kind of want to work here now. Cause that, that was like my first like beer from spindle tab. I was like, Holy shit, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good, uh, yeah. Transitional beer or, um, I don't know. I don't know what I want to call that, but yeah, a life changing beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did change my life because I ended up working here because I drank it. <laughs> um, let's see. I feel like I'm a firm believer every beer has its place. Like, there's always a time and place for a beer. Like, but what's your favorite? Beer. My favorite, like, my fridge is full of Houston or Hop Gusher right now. But if I'm here at the brewery, it's probably Houston Haze. Yeah, Houston Haze. And this was a Houston because we ran out of Houston Haze. So. Did we really run out? Apparently. Oh my well, God. Soon. That's terrible. But uh, yeah, probably, probably Houston Haze. Just, I like that. Pineapple-y bitiness of it. Uh, it's kind of that galaxy is really peppery. I get a lot of peppery pineapple, like fresh pineapple, like that twang almost. Yeah, and I, I really like that. And it's probably my go-to. Okay. If I'm hanging around the brewery, that or gusher, hop gusher. Yeah, <laughs> and also kind of a new favorite uh, here for us. So we're we're doing a different blonde. And we made like a test batch of, 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 of a blonde, and that was really, really good too. I, I pounded that over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. IPA is my go-to. Uh, it's hard to say that favorite beer is IPA. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. This next question is up to your own interpretations, but what are your three favorite breweries or maybe most inspirational breweries or aspirational breweries, three breweries you kind of look to other than Spindle Tap um, that you kind of, you know, maybe you admire? Uh, for me, St. Arnold, for sure. Uh, you know, they, they've been doing great beers for such a long time and it was also my first my first craft. Uh, also, on a sad note, uh, Big Bend Brewing uh, based in Alpine, Texas. This was like far west Texas. Um, I got to meet, uh, the head, the original head brewer there was Steve Anderson, who was one of the original brewers at Live Oak in, in Austin. Uh, that was, that was also like a big day for me when I met him that I remember leaving that brewery and telling my wife, I need to figure out a way to work in beer. So that was very inspirational. But the sad news, two sad news, 
one, Steve passed away not long after that from cancer. And then we just found out, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, that they're they're saying temporarily closing the brewery. But I think the people are thinking that it's not going to reopen. So mm, Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, dang. That's Big Bend Brewery? Big Bend. Big Bend. Big Bend Brewing. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, um, let's name another one then. Let's, I'll immortalize that one from my, the so follow-up my, question. My third, I mean, honestly, like, you know, Texas, you know, we have a lot of great breweries here. I, I would say uh, Live Oak is one. And I already mentioned them. Okay. Because you know, they, they've been around for a long time. And they do uh, traditional German beers very, very well. Yeah. Uh, I don't drink their beers very often, but when I do, I always know it's going to be a high-quality product. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, you said St. Arnold's, Live Oak, and then we'll immortalize Big Bend Brewery. Big and Bend. How, about, yeah. how about a third, uh, a fourth a fourth one? Martin House. Yeah. Mar- Mostly because of the, the Goza Salty Lady and the variants of it. And I'm not saying that their other beers aren't good because they are great, but that's a, that's a go-to for me. That's almost always in my fridge. Um yeah, I wish we could do like a top twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Okay, keep those three yeah. in your mind. Keep those three: St. Arnold's, Live Oak, and uh, Martin House. House yeah. Martin House. Yeah. How about you? All right. Actually, first it popped in my mind. So one was local, B fifty two up in Conroe. I just their sours are some like oh, they're just fun to drink. They're just they got cool smoothie tarts and just like cool combos and flavors, and they got a cool barrel program and. They're just really good friends of the brewery too. Like I really like Justin. Like he's a great guy to hang out with and everything like that. Uh, as far as like a local, kind of like. And then uh, second was uh, came to mind was Jester King. Mm. Was probably like when I had one of their beers, it changed my. I was like, I didn't know beer. This could be beer. Like, like this is one of the best beers I ever had. And like I was like, sours. Where sours? I remember having a sour. Like first sour I had was a hammer and I was like, what is this? what is a sour? <laughs> oh, it's tart. Oh, it's fruity. Oh, this is like H. Rubisite. Like everything they crank out. Like H. Rubisite, uh, not Chris, like not the Blackberry one. Uh, Montemarsic with Balaton, the cherry. Like, man, like uh, Jester King just. Even the and, table beer they make, or is it called the yeah, Petite Prince? Petite Prince is uh, pretty like, good too. Box yeah. Revenge is just like yeah. great. Just, just that puckering, like mouth watering sour. Just, you can't. I haven't actually had any of their Spawn series yet, and like that's like that's what they were building up to the whole time they were open was that kind of thing was like. They should have something coming out soon because I mean this is the time of year yeah. when uh, when they're doing their spontaneous uh, so, fermentation yeah, stuff. So Spawn, yeah. uh, that was pretty good. I haven't had that one yet, but I need to try that. Just just King in general, just like I, there's just some good stuff. And then uh, I went to a brewery in Minneapolis after I started working here called Surly. Oh, and, I've been uh, to Surly. Actually, did a yeah. podcast with them. Yeah, yeah, and that was the first brewery I went to after working at a brewery, and just like I hadn't been on a tour in a while, I was like, kind of get jaded, you know. Like, I'm a like engineer, like here's my nature and all that stuff, and just that was the first story I went on after being a brewer. I'm just like, this is incredible space. Like, yeah, that this being a brewer and going in there, I was like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like, I just their food's so good. They have like their wall of beer is just amazing. My friends took me there, like, you're gonna love it. I was like, I was like, this would probably be the one bread pile spindle tap for. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, just, it'll be the what? The one bread spindle tap for. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> just, just seeing the system like that after knowing and being a part of brewing, just like, I think that just put it all a different perspective. Like, they're just really cool seeing that. And just, their place is, is really just, badass. It's just 
and this is a, just a weird transition in my life, like the whole like becoming a brewer and all like that, and just going to that, and just like just kind of, and their beers like were just so good. Like their tour, they gave you like five beers on the tour. <laughs> Did you hear about the uh, the surly beer law while you were there? They call they call it the Surly Beer Law, and it is in it's in that it's it's in town in that city in in Minneapolis. Um, they uh, I guess it's Minnesota's fault. They uh, um, there's a rule about what when you were allowed to open your brew pub and like the licensing and stuff. Okay. It was extremely restrictive. Uh, if you brewed more than ten thousand, you couldn't two thousand barrels or you know actually probably wasn't even that. It had something to do with you know, distributing or yada, yada, yada. But there was a, a law that Surly Brewery had put forth to change, basically well, a, kind of about that, that allowed people to actually open their own brew pubs. Mm. And before the Surly Beer Law came around, you couldn't, you only could be a production brewery. There's no tap rooms allowed. Yeah. I think that was the way it was. And, they, and the stories, Surly Beer Laws allowed it. The story of the guy's incredible. Like, yeah. his parents like, oh, we want you to our dream. Here's your, yeah, do your dream. Like, yeah. it's like, dang. It's like, they turned their like textile factory into like a brewery. Like, yeah, totally. Brewery. Like, it was just, uh, just like, just a, Combination of both things of life and stuff. So that's like I think that's one of those. And their okay. beers like really cool. And I think one of the cool things they do, they do like they do cuvées and blends, and like they let you taste the base, base, and then they give you the blend, and it's like yeah, you taste and just like they do a lot of cool things there. I was like, man, I come back and I like pictures of the brew house, and like I want to do this, I want to do this, totally. <laughs> just, like, all right, keep those three in mind. You said Surly, uh, Jester King, and what was the other one? A B fifty two. Okay, uh, back to your three, San Arnold. Uh, Live Oak and Marin House. Martin House. Martin House. Martin House. Yeah, yeah. Um, of those three breweries, which would you marry? Which would you bang? And which would you kill? <laughs> oh man, I'd marry St. Arnold. Yeah, I'd bang Martin House and then kill Live Oak. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Every time I, I don't, know, I feel, I feel dirty when I, when I talk about Martin House. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Very, what yeah. about you? <laughs> Of your three, B fifty two, Jester King, Surly, Mary Jester King, Bang Surly, probably killed B fifty two. Out of those, out of those three. Oh man, sorry, I'm no, sorry. Just... I hope I hope they don't hear. I know. Oh, those guys. They won't but... feel bad. Don't worry. Jester King and Surly, though, they're oh, man, they're so good. They're too good. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. It's been yeah, a pleasure chatting with y'all, and uh, thank you for taking the time to hang out with me. Uh, what do you say we grab a beer? Sounds good. Sure, man. Gotta finish cleaning here. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who stopped by. If you guys want to get some good hazy IPAs, then you know that Spindle Tap is the place to get it. This episode was produced by me, the cycling certified Cicerone. Music by Lee Roosevelt. If you like what you heard, you can leave a review or a comment on Apple Podcasts, or maybe go back to Facebook and leave a like. Definitely share this podcast with your friends. That would really help me out. This podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, now including Spotify. 